following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Playoffs, Hendersonville's James Beasley, Kenwood's Les Greer, Montgomery Central's Jeff Tomlinson, our picks, players of the week, and more. All that coming up next. This is Coach Beak with Brady and Zach covering Montgomery and Sumner County football. Here are your hosts, Brady McAtamney and Zach Womble. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Coach Speak. My name is Brady McAtamney. I'm the sports editor at Main Street Clarksville. And I am Zach Womble, the sports editor here in Sumner County for the Gallatin News, the Hendersonville Standard, and the Portland Sun. We've got a jam-packed show for you, don't we, Brady? Yeah, we absolutely do. You know, we, we last week we said goodbye to the regular season. You know, it's always a sad time. You know, or we, we lose a couple of our teams to uh, to that tough schedule, to the unforgiving standings. But hey, best of the best are surviving now, and we, and we got some uh, some good games ready for you. That's right. We're jo- we're diving into the playoffs, so let's do exactly that. So before we get into our picks today, uh, we want to look back at last week real quick. Uh, we're going to talk about our players of the week, as always, uh, something we love doing on this show. Um, I'm going to choose a player who uh, was did play in a loss, um, a game that we both had teams in. Um, it's going to be Rayshon Bowling for Clarksville High. Um, he, uh, of course, Clarksville lost 42-28 to Gallatin. Um, it was a good football game. Score was, I, I think the game seemed a bit closer than the score shows, at least from what I was able to see. Uh, it seemed like Gallatin kind of got a late touchdown there to give them that two-score lead, but it was basically a one-score game the entire night. Uh, anyway, I digress. Um, Rayshon Bowling uh, rushed for 253 yards and three total touchdowns on uh, Friday night against Gallatin. Um, you know, Clarksville High, if it weren't for Rayshon Bowling this year, um, they're, they're, they're probably not even close to the playoffs. Um, and and they're, a four seed is that in, in a pretty tough conference um, or a tough region, I should say. I got college football on the mind, obviously. Um, but Rayshon Bowling, 253 yards, three touchdowns, my player of the week. Yeah, we had Chad Watson on the podcast last week, and we asked him, you know, how do we how do you stop Rayshon and – he gave his answer, but clearly uh, Bowling was able to do kind of what he does, which is uh, make plays. And, and, yeah, I think you're right. I think the game was a lot closer than the score indicates. Um, I'm actually looking at the same same game, Brady, for my player of the week. Uh, opposite side of the football, I'm going with Gallatin running back uh, Jaheim Merriweather, who rushed for 191 yards on 19 carries in the 48-28 to win. Uh, he scored three touchdowns and scored one two-point conversion as well. Uh, Merriweather has picked up some steam lately on the recruiting trail, recruiting trail, picking up offers from Ole Miss and Eastern Kentucky along the way, as well as getting some love from Vanderbilt and some other schools. So, um, a talented back that is uh, making making headwaves for this season, and you know these last couple games he's really shown out. None bigger than than last week's uh, performance to help get Gallatin the three seed and the win, making waves for the Green Wave. That's right. Now, unlike Zach's County, uh, not all of the schools in Montgomery County made the postseason. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out to all the schools that, as we uh, were just joking off the air, were either gone fishing, gone hunting, gone to the hardwood, or gone to their playstations. Um, so we're gonna, that's going to start with Clarksville Academy. They had a very good uh, start to the season. Uh, they had their highest win total in a while after not winning a game last year. So a head, shout out to head coach Matt Murray and the team for getting on the right track this year. Uh, additionally, uh, the Northeast Eagles, they had a really tough 
middle of the season. Uh, had a losing streak in there that kind of just derailed them. Um, but they ended the season with a really hard-fought game against Henry County, nearly beating them and then beating Kenwood to end the season. Uh, Northwest, um, unfortunate season for them. Uh, they're, they're, they've definitely got some building to do. Um, you hope that they've got some bright things to work on. Uh, but all in all, uh, a season that they are going to have to uh, move on from pretty quick. Rossview, uh, we, we kind of saw a tough season for them coming. Uh, they were playing in a uh, really tough region uh, with their new rival, Clarksville. They almost beat Clarksville 10-9, to just a heartbreaking game early on in the season, um, and they, were, they, they weren't really able to fully recover from that. Uh, they only had uh, 10 seniors this year, so they're going to come back uh, a pretty experienced team next year and hope for uh, better results. And lastly, West Creek, uh, they had some uh, some morally good games, beating Northwest, beating Whites Creek, and had some uh, close games as well, including against Kenwood. Uh, they've got some good offensive firepower. They're going to bring some pretty talented guys back next year, and hopefully they can make some waves. We welcome in Montgomery Central head coach Jeff Tomlinson. The Indians coming off a close loss to Pearl Cone last week, but now heading into the playoffs. Jeff, how you doing today? Doing great. How are you guys? Hey, we're doing pretty good. Always happy to be talking football here on a Tuesday afternoon. So, That's um, right. uh, we'll start with that Pearl Cone game. Um, of course, I was there to talk about it with you. Um, but uh, for anyone who wasn't there, um, why don't you just tell us about um, just the toughness that your team displayed against such a good football team? Yeah, we, you know, we come in there and uh, our team always has confidence in themselves. And that's the way I want it to be. And they uh, they don't back down from anyone, and um, we stood toe to toe with them for three. Well, really, for all four quarters, and just come out on the wrong end. Uh, they've got a superstar athlete that just took over the game at the end of the game. We were able to we were able to contain him and control him for three quarters, but uh, in the fourth quarter, he decided that he was going to shine, and that's what he did. Yeah, that's right. SEC athletes will will do what they do, um, but uh, you guys definitely played a, a solid game. So. Um, now looking forward, you guys ended up with the uh, number three seed in the region. Uh, looking ahead to Jackson Southside this week, of course that's a a bit of a road trip for you guys. Um, but I'm wondering what you've seen from uh, Jackson, uh, at least on film so far. Josh, I see a good football team. They uh, they press you on defense. Um, they crowd the line of scrimmage and press you on defense. They've got a quarterback that can throw it pretty well, and they uh, two wide receivers that's got tall and has range and a, a little scat back in the backfield that's shifty and can move. So um, nothing we haven't seen in the last few weeks, but they've definitely got um, those athletes. And, you know, you can't let that record, their record fool you because when you look at who they've, who's, who they've played and who's beat them, you're talking about teams like Martin Westview, who's out quarterbacks going to Alabama, talking about Hardin County, uh, uh, Huntington, Trenton Peabody you know, state qualifiers for years and years. So they, they played some really good competition. Coach Tomlinson, Zach Womble here. Uh, Brady dropped maybe the best quote um, all season on our podcast last week when he told me that Logan Sykes, your quarterback, told him that uh, he felt like it was the big four in that region. And clearly you guys played with confidence on Friday night at Pearl Cone. Uh, I, I'm wondering, though, when you hear a quote like that, what does it do for you as a coach, and what do you think it does for your team's confidence heading into the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. It, it's, a, it's a big confidence booster whenever you, um, you, know, you, get re, you get put in with that group of uh, 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 teams in a, in a Pardon County, Mar, Mar, Marshall County, Pearl Cone-type um, grouping, Tullahoma. 
um, that builds confidence because, you know, you look at those programs and, and you see success year in, year out. You see success in the playoffs. And then when we get talked, we get talked about in the same light, you know, that builds confidence that it goes a long way, especially for a 17, 18 year old player. You know, you mentioned all these region teams that you guys have played, and, and I know you're you're high on Southside and you don't want to, to overlook them or anything like that, but how prepared do you feel going into these playoffs knowing that you have been battle-tested week in and week out with this nine-team region? Oh, definitely, and that's what I told the players the other day. I like, you know, this, is, you know this, this game is no different than any other game we've played the last four weeks, five weeks. I said, you know, we're ready for this. This, You know, we've, we've been battle-tested uh, – all year long, especially in the latter part of the season. Um, and, uh, you know, when we talk about Jackson Southside, I, I, you know, I like their team. They got a good, gritty team, but again, <clears throat> but they don't, they're not, they're not Tullahoma and Marshall County and Pearl Cone. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Jackson Southside. They have a quarterback who can throw it. They got some good wide receivers. They got a nice little uh, running back who can run the ball. Um, it sounds a little bit to me like they're similar to Northeast, to you guys beat 16 nothing earlier this season. You know, throw the ball, um, good athletes. I think, I, I personally think they're, the, you know, I compared them to Marshall County. Sure. Um, you know, when I watch them on film, I could compare them to Marshall County. I think their quarterback's a little bit better, uh, like a Jaden Pugh for, for Northeast. So, yeah, you can, can you can see that comparison, too. Um but just their their team, their athletes, their offensive line, is, it kind of reminds me of Marshall County. So, you know, again, if we do what we're supposed to do and we play like we played the last part of the season, um, we should be fine. You know, we don't turn the ball over. We're, we're going we're gonna to be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, your team is just uh, loaded with uh, impact seniors, you know, all over the offensive line uh, with Logan Sykes at quarterback and in the defensive backfield. Um, all over defense, just a lot of senior leadership on this team. Of course, they've been to the playoffs once before, had a couple of tough seasons recently, but back in the playoffs now. Um, how important is it to have all those seniors to really kind of keep the younger kids' heads on straight and really keep the locker room um, high on uh, themselves? Yeah, there's no doubt. Senior senior heavy teams are uh, um, always more successful because of their maturity, because of their uh, you know their their attitude. Um, they uh, they and they they bring leadership to the younger players, and the, and the younger players tend to play better and, and uh, um, work harder whenever they have somebody to look up to. If they're the ones that has to be the leaders, they don't really know how to do that, and they don't know you know. So they need somebody to look look to. So you know that's a good thing. And, and you know next year we're not going to have the amount of seniors, but we got some quality seniors. And you know you're talking about our backfield; they're back. Andrew White and Kate Davis are both back, so that's going to be really you know, big in the future. So does that mean, you know, and obviously you don't want to, you know, you, you're focused on this season, you're focused on Friday night, uh, but hearing that, that the that the cupboard is full, you know, how do you not gush thinking about uh, years to come for, for Indians football? Oh, yeah, we're excited. I think hopefully we've got the program built to where, you know, you're going to have some down years and not quite as good. It's just what high school public football is, you know. There's going to be talent, more talented teams than others, but um, a good program is going to have at least where it's steady and it's not, you know, just drastic ups and downs. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, Coach, uh, 
I know you guys, uh, the, the key to Montgomery Central this year has always been that you guys are confident. You've been going into every game knowing that you can win. And uh, so far, you haven't been proven wrong many times. Um, what's the confidence level going into this Friday night? You know, it's, it's, it's you know, it, it's the same as it's been the last few weeks. Our kids, they don't, be, they don't believe in, uh, um, they don't believe in anybody's better than them. You know, I was sitting in class just earlier. Lucas Schaefer, who's one of our defensive backs, is I'm hearing him talking to another player, and uh, you know, after they finished their test today, and he's like, the "Kid can't block me. I don't care what you say. That kid can't block me." You know, and so you know, it's their confidence level is is through the roof, which is it's great. You know, as long as they don't get cocky and over over, you know, that way, you got to go into a game thinking. I can't, he can't beat me. You know, that's what, you know, if you go into it thinking, oh my gosh, I hope I don't get beat, you're going to get beat. You got to go into it thinking you, he can't, he can't beat me. So I like it. Coach, Coach Thomason, one final question for you on my end. Uh, you know, we mentioned that you guys are obviously prepared because of the teams that you've played in your region. Uh, you are making the long road trip. Do you also feel prepared in that aspect because you've had to make long road trips in the past? And how will you, you, you know, how will you break this Friday's trip up? Like, will you stop somewhere to get some eat, stretch your legs? Like, how will take me through that process? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's a good question. We've had two long road trips. Um, and, uh, this is the third one of the year. So we're going to, uh, we're going to do a tr- approach it a little bit different, but, um, we're leaving at about two o'clock, um, to head down and we will stop along the way and eat. And then we're going to, uh, you know, try to get to, get to Jackson South side about four thirty, uh, maybe four forty-five. So plenty of time to get off the bus and get our legs stretched out, walk around, walk on the field, get, uh, get acclimated to, where we're at and what we're doing, and then, uh, you know, go back in the locker room and get ready to take the field and pregame about 6 o'clock. Awesome. Well, Montgomery Central going into their Friday night game at Jackson Southside with a whole lot of confidence, and at 8-2, and two, how could you not? Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you for joining us as always, and best of luck Friday. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. All right, we now welcome in Les Greer, head coach of the Kenwood Knights. Kenwood headed down to Memphis Central this Friday night. Les, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys? We're doing pretty good. So, uh, Les, I want to talk about that game against Northeast real quick. Um, you guys lose your regular season finale. Um, it was a hard-fought game, um, an emotional game, because, you know, that's, that's a pretty underrated rivalry in the city. Um, would you say that, you know, by now your guys have moved on, kind of forgot about that game? Oh, no doubt. You know, we met yesterday as a team, watched the film of the game, uh, you know, watched a good bit of it and try to correct our mistakes. And then, uh, you know, we turned the page and we're on a Memphis Central, you know, you know, round one playoff game. And uh, we're looking forward to go down there competing and, and uh, showing our brand of football. Absolutely. Um, on Friday night, uh, Quintavious Barnes had uh, a knee injury. It looks pretty serious on the field, but um, from everything that I've heard, um, at least that night, um, it really wasn't as bad as it, as the scene might have suggested. Suggested. Um, do you have a status update on uh, whether or not he might play this Friday? Yeah, no. It was uh, everything was more precautionary than anything else. Um, but uh, he looks okay, and uh, you know we'll see as the week progresses and see how his health progresses and see what you know uh, as as far as this Friday and see how it goes. Great, yeah, Quinn. Obviously, a, a big part of that offense that, that is, of course, led by guys like Jalen Washington and Corbin Howard. Um, how key is it to have two guys like that, especially being seniors, uh, 
leading uh, your group into the playoffs? Oh, it's huge. Uh, anytime you can have a three-year starter at the quarterback position running your offense, and then you have other multiple-year starters that have that experience. And uh, Corbin's played in the playoff game before, so that, that's huge, too, to have, you know, he and Jalen both have. And to have that experience is big, you know, when it comes time to getting in the playoffs and just, you know, competing all those big-time games over the course of their high school career you know, is huge. And, you know, Jalen and Q they, they, uh, and Corbin, they make our offense go. And uh, having two receivers like that is, is huge, too, because you can't just double one guy. You know, we try to spread the field. Our goal is to make a defense defend the entire field, both vertically and horizontally, and, and they help us achieve that. Coach, uh, you've probably had a chance to look at some film and, and check out your next opponent. So I'm curious, you know, as someone who, as a company who covers mainly Middle Tennessee, we're not very familiar with these Memphis area teams. What have you found? What can you tell our listeners to expect when uh, when you guys make that trip down there to play to play them? Oh, uh, they're a good football team. You know, you don't win nine games, you know, without being a good football team. Um, their tailback is electric. Uh, he's really good. They've got, you know, several big linemen. Um, they they want to run the football, you know. They'll they'll try to spread you out a little bit, but they want to run the football. And you know, almost ninety five percent of their offensive production goes through the running back's hands in some form or fashion. Uh, quarterback does a good job of, of spreading the ball out when he when he's given a chance to. Um, you know, on defense they run a three four. Uh, they got some you know a couple good linemen up front. Linebackers running the ball. And, um, they're good in the secondary. They're going to play us probably in some some match man, some off man. Um, they may press us a little bit here and there, but uh, you know they're, they're they're a good football team. Have you found them to uh, have any kind of comparison to a team that you've played already this season? And if so, do you fall back on that game plan? Uh, you know, I don't. Uh, you know, I don't. I'm not big on comparisons to other teams. I don't know off the top of my head who I would compare them to. Um, you know, I just well, I'm one of those guys that I just I pull the tape. The tape says what it is. You know, we put the game plan together for this team. Um, so I don't know for quite you know who I would compare them to. Uh, I just know that we, you know we we have to do a pretty good job of, of containing number ten and stopping him. You know, as far as our defense goes, they're running back. You know, they're going to get him, toss the ball to him in space, run counter with him, and then move him around in the pass game too to get the ball to him. So we got to know where he's at at all times. Yeah, I know your defense has been. Um a bit hit or miss at times this year. Obviously, um, you've had really good games like against uh, Hillwood, against West Creek, um, against Rossview to an extent. Um, but I know you guys are coming off a game where you think the defense probably could have played a little bit better against Northeast. Um, how do you think uh, you guys are going to be able to potentially key in on stopping that number 10? And um, how likely is it do you think that your guys will be able to um, really kind of lock in there? Our defense has done a good job of it, and I've seen them getting better, whether it shows up on the scoreboard or not. But I see them getting better as the season has gone on. We've done a better job at stopping the run, just playing good fundamental defense. The one thing we got to do is, you know, I told our kids even yesterday, we talked about it, is situationally, we've got to do a better job. You know, when it's fourth down, we got to get off the field, whether it's stopping the run or stopping the pass. Um, and we, we've allowed some big plays in the, some situational periods. Uh, we've gotten better as a group of whole in just every down defense, and then we've got to take that next step and get better on the, at those situations, those high, high leverage situations. We get, you know, that's that's what is playoff football. <laughs> you know, you, you, you know, both teams are usually pretty good when you're in the playoffs playing, and it's those high leverage situations, those five, six times a game, they're going to determine the outcome of the game. 
Yeah, Les, I know that uh, goals are something that you guys um, like to set early on in the season. I know uh, hosting a playoff game was a big one for you guys. You guys came, uh, I think, one game away from being able to do that. But uh, tell us about some of the other goals that you guys had for yourselves this season and uh, how many of those that you guys were able to meet. You know, as far as, um, you know, top two in a region was a big goal of ours. Winning the city was a goal of ours. Um you know, we had certain point production things on defense and offense, takeaway numbers, things like that. Um, and we've hit about 50% of them, you know, overall the whole year. And, and I tell our guys all the time, we're not going to set low goals. We're always going to set high goals. We're going to push ourselves. There's nothing wrong with, and you shouldn't be afraid to push yourselves. You know, and, when, and we, were gonna, we will continue to do that. Um, and now, you know, we're in the playoffs. And so our goal is to each week, you know, win. You can continue to get better and compete. And, you know, loser goes home, winner moves on. And the great thing about being in the playoffs, everyone's 0-0. Zero, zero. Records don't even don't matter. Nothing matters. And after this, there's no, you know, the seating is set and seating doesn't change after, after tonight. Everybody's kind of equal. You win, you move on, you lose, you go home. Coach, a two-part question for you. Uh, it's no secret that it's going to be a long trip down to, um, down for your first-round playoff game. So, A, are long road trips as big of a wrinkle as, as like people like myself and Brady like to make it out to be? And, and if they are, how do you mitigate just that long road trip being on a bus or, or, or whatever getting there? How, how do you overcome those, those hurdles if they are a big deal? I think this is where um, some past experience, at least on my end, pays off, you know, and, and as far as planning out our trip. And so we have a plan in our trip. We break up our trip, you know, so that we're, we're never more than about two hours at a time riding. And you know, do a little walk, stop through walkthroughs, have a pregame meal, you know. Then you, then all of a sudden you're at the stadium, so it doesn't seem like it's such a long trip for the guy. And we're still focused on football, you know, as we go. And so we have a plan. Uh, I'm a big planner, so every every minute from the time we step foot out of school is, is accounted for and organized till the time we kick off and then our return trip home. So um, you know, I don't know if it's a big deal. The good thing is uh, there's a, a good chunk of our roster that has made a trip similar to this before. And you try to sometimes in the, in the uh, regular season, if you can schedule a non-district game that has a little bit of a road trip to it, so you can have a plan sort of like this before. You know, so, you know, 2019, we went down to Memphis to play a playoff game. There's a bunch of kids on the roster that were part of that team. Um, we've had some regular season travel trips that were, you know, over two hours. So that helps as well. So that you have a pattern, you have, you have a protocol that you use and so we'll, we'll rely we'll go back on that and we built our plan and, and you know hopefully that keeps our kids focused and ready to play yeah Les, i'm curious uh, i know some coaches when you have long road trips like this um some coaches might like to keep it kind of uh, you know business like make it like a business trip some coaches uh will kind of make it more you know like a, a fun little road trip you know maybe uh keeping it light on the bus keeping it fun i was curious um what you like to do when you have these kind of long road trips, whether it's more of a, a serious um, atmosphere or if you like to kind of keep it light for the kids. So honestly, we kind of let the seniors set that, you know, we'll talk to the seniors, let them talk about how they want to handle certain things. And then of course I have, you know, the way I like to do it when we get about an hour in our hour from where we're going to be, you know, we try to lock in there and really focus, but um, you know, we've, our kids do a pretty good job following the schedule. Um, we don't, we're not too, we're not too loose and we're not too uptight either. Cause you know, you stay uptight for too long time. You can't do that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids do a pretty good job in between. And, uh, you know, we, we'll talk to the seniors and see kind of, you know, as we go, as when we plan the trip, you know, what do we like to do and different things. 
but for the most part, um, pretty much during the day, we like to keep it loose, but still on a business trip, still focused. You know, we're not going to, we're going to play around too much, but we like to keep it loose. And then we really focus in, you know, hour out, hour, and you know, we really lock in, get replay. Gotcha. That makes sense. Uh, well, Les, thank you for joining us today. Uh, we wish you the best of luck this Friday against Memphis Central. I appreciate it, guys. Take care. Brady, we're getting ready to welcome in uh, one of maybe the best teams in Sumner County, and that is the Hendersonville Commandos. Joining us soon will be head coach James Beasley, who has helped navigate the Commandos to a 7-3 season and a third straight region title. Uh, you know, what Hendersonville has been able to do since their week one loss has been remarkable. It's been incredible. And, you know, all they do is win meaningful, meaningful football games at Hendersonville. So let's catch up with Coach Beasley and hear what he has to say about his team and as they head into the playoffs, what he's feeling like. Up next on the Coach Speak podcast, we have Hendersonville head coach James Beasley joining the show. Hendersonville is welcoming in McGavick for the first round of the Class 6A playoffs as they navigate their journey all the way to, to Chattanooga. This year, almost at Cookville. It's so used to being uh, in Cookville, but Chattanooga this year. Uh, Coach Beasley, thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing good. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Coach, uh, you know, looking at your schedule here, 7-3 and three on the season a, and have been a very impressive football team um, so far this year through 10 games. Let's go all the way back to your week one game against Oakland. And now here you are, number one seed, region champ, again, third year in a row. Just how far has this team come, and, and how much fun and how much enjoyable has it been coaching these guys this year? Oh, these guys are awesome. These seniors, we got you know we got twenty seniors on the team, and, and they've just done a fantastic job all year. They've they've gotten better. You know they've 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 told me things that they want to do to get better, and it's been awesome. I think we've come a long way. You know we've kind of worked out some things since that open game, and want to put certain players in certain situations and have them lined up in, in certain areas on, on offense and defense to get the matchups that we want and, the, and the, you know, on offense to get the, the, the ball in the guy's hands that we need to get it into. So, um, and our kids have bought in and they listen and, and they try to get better every day. So just been awesome um, watching them grow and, um, and, and get better as the season went on. So I think, We've improved quite a bit since that August 20th game uh, at a, a, against Oakland out here, and and uh, we're ready and, and looking forward to a, a home playoff game this week against McGavick. Uh, speaking of the seniors, you know, last week was senior night. You were able to get a big win over West Creek, but I think the biggest news, Coach Beasley, might have been when you surprised the guys with the new jersey. Just kind of take me through the atmosphere and what the reaction was like uh, get, getting those those gray jerseys. Yeah, they they were uh, they were excited. You know, it's like kids always get excited when you get something a little bit different. So um, they've they've had a lot of accomplishments throughout this year, and we wanted to do something for them that, that they may be um, may think was fun and and uh, cool. And you know, we got um, the first year we started playing on there and got commandos on the jersey, a little bit different than our traditional look of just the uh, black and gold um, and and the white and and. Uh, for our away jersey, so uh, they were excited to, to, to see them and put them on and, and wear them, and we went out there and, and played pretty well uh, Friday. You know, looking at your schedule, it's very tough. I mean, there, I mean, there are no, there, well, there, you know, there, there are a lot of tough games on this schedule. Um, how confident are you because you've played such a tough schedule that when you get into the playoffs, you'll be ready for anything? 
But, you know, when you when you look back over our season and our schedule, the first eight teams we played this year are all playoff teams. So we played eight straight playoff games, our playoff teams. So that caliber of team, um, and the only two teams we played that weren't, that didn't make the playoffs were the two in our region that, that uh, you know, weren't going to make it. You know, we were going to have two teams that we had to play this year that were going to make it regardless. Didn't know which two those would be. Uh, but those were the only two teams we played that didn't make the playoffs. So our kids uh, have played against talented teams that play really hard and and hopefully that's prepared us for this moment coming up this week in a playoff game and there's going to be no easy games moving forward you know all these teams made a play made the playoffs for a reason and uh you know the ones that the ones that win are good teams and they're moving forward for a reason because they're disciplined and and they got good players that play hard and they're listening to their coaches so hopefully we can be one of those teams that gets to move on to the second round after this friday night you know, speaking of your first-round matchup, you've got the McGavick Raiders coming to town. Uh, I'm curious, have you had a chance to look at film? And if you have, uh, what have you seen from them that makes them that makes you, Linda, believe that it's going to be a tough matchup Friday night? Well, you know, they play really hard, and it looks like that they're, they're being well-coached over there at McGavick. They do a good job of getting the ball to their players that are playmakers, and they got they got multiple kids on the outside, number one, number two, number seven. These kids get the ball in their hands, and they can take it to the house at any moment. So they kind of will get it out there to, to their playmakers and, and doing a great job. You know, they're big up front. And, and like I said, uh, from what we've seen on film the past two weeks, uh, they, they play hard. And I think that's what's got them to this position. Uh, I know Smyrna was the, um, the number two team in that region that they play, and they played them very tough in a very tough game at Smyrna. So they're going to be coming over here, and, and uh, you know, they're going to be – I know they're excited to be in a playoff game, and and we got to match that intensity, and we got to be excited to have a home playoff game because our kids have earned that. Uh, if you guys want to win Friday night, what what are you guys going to have to hang, hang your hat on? Um, well, the same things that we've done all year, you know, just playing tough football, um, trying to limit um, them offensively and make them earn anything that they get. And we gotta we gotta cut out our mistakes, and that's kind of been a theme for us throughout the season. We've made too many mistakes in, in a lot of games that we've played in. So we don't want to put the ball on the ground, and we and we want to limit our penalties that we have on Friday night. You know, when when people think of Hendersonville, there are are a ton of players to think of. But you think you probably think of a of an offense that's run first. So you're gonna think of your backs first that you got, and you've got a plethora of them. But you've also got a quarterback in Luke Manning who has shown the ability to lead your team and make throws. Just how much has he improved this year, and what have you just seen and liked from him in 2021? Oh, his leadership and his decision-making has, has been tremendous um, throughout this season. He's able to throw the ball accurately whenever we want to throw it and uh, lead the team um, down the field in, in multiple situations. So uh, his maturity, his decision-making, his leadership qualities have just been outstanding throughout the entire season. You know, before the season we talked, and, and one of the things that you had hit on was important for this year was developing depth past the past the first unit into the second and third team unit. So here we are going into round one of the playoffs. Where do you stand in terms of that aspect? I think we're, we're, we've come a long way since the beginning of the year. I think we had a lot, of, a lot of positions that we were, you know, as coaches kind of not feeling super confident if we had to take a kid out or a kid had to come out because he would, you know, he needed a break or whatever. And um, those things develop throughout the season. Kids practice. They get some reps in there on Friday nights, and, and they get better, and that's what's happened with us. So we've got a lot of kids 
that are rotating in now that maybe we have confidence in going in the game uh, this Friday night that we kind of weren't real sure about uh, on in, on August 20th when we played Oakland. So now that they've got that experience, we're going to feel a lot more uh, confident when when uh, they go in the game and that they're going to be able to get the job done that, that uh, we're asking them to do. Three-time region champ Hendersonville, clearly you guys know how to play your best football toward the end of the season. What is the secret as the as the head coach to just figuring out a way to get your team to jail so that they are playing their best football come November? Well, I don't think it's any secret uh, that I'm doing as a head coach. I think we've we've been blessed and with some uh, talented players that uh, and some and some good leaders on our teams the past uh, three or four years uh, that kind of guide and do things the right way and um you know when you're coaching them and and you get them to buy in and get them to listen to coaching um everything else kind of takes care of itself so we just our, our leadership and, and you know that builds all the time and we try our best to build it but a lot of times you just got to have some some kids with high character and and we're fortunate to have that right now and i think that that's what goes a long way and and to have having us have the ability to to win the region this year Coach, last question, I'll get you out of here. Um, Ellis Ellis, a very talented player, widely recognized by a lot of media outlets, a lot of teams, a lot of coaches in the area. Uh, but one, one kid that maybe coaches or, or fans or media members may not you know immediately think of, but they should, is Torrin Baker. Number 25 has been so lights out for you this year. I guess what has made him so great in, in that complimentary, complimentary role to Ellis? Yeah, well, I mean, we got, we got Torrin, we got Ellis, we got – Jack Busey, we got Luke Manning, we got Noah Carmine and Jack Brown, all these guys that touch the ball for us. And Jamison Wharton has been doing really well with the ball in his hands as well. So all those guys have been doing a great job. But as far as touring goes, um, I think that, you know, at some point, maybe after we got beat uh, by Oakland, he decided that, uh, that you know, to, to play better, we had to practice better. And his effort and attitude and practice kind of changed at, at at that game and it's paid off uh for him and and us as a team because he's uh he just really matured and picked up his practice habits and been a great teammate and um so i think that's kind of been the secret to, to getting him going at the level that he's playing at right now and hopefully he continues that moving on to uh this week yeah, if teams want to focus in on number 10, number 25 can certain, certainly beat you. Uh, Coach Beasley, I want to thank you for your time today. Best of luck in Friday's game, and uh, I'll catch you on the sidelines. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. That was Hendersonville head coach James Beasley joining the show today. I want to thank him for his time and give him the best of luck as they get ready to play the McGavick Raiders on Friday night. Up next on Coach Speak is our weekly pick'em column. Uh, with the playoffs starting this week, I have dubbed this the road to Chattanooga. You, of course, don't have to dub it that if you don't want to, but that's what I'm dubbing it here in Sumner County, the road to Chattanooga, round one. Uh, we're going to start off in alphabetical order. We're going to look at the Beach Buccaneers versus the Overton Bobcats. According to CoachT.com, this is actually the first time Overton will make their trip to Shackle Island, so I'm actually very excited to be in attendance Friday night for this football game. Uh, Overton has won two of their final four regular season games, losing only to Cane Ridge and Smyrna, who finished one and two in their region. And they are averaging 38 points per game on offense. So clearly they have the playmakers to make you pay when they are in space. Um, that said, I don't think 
Overton will be nothing new that Beach has, hasn't seen so far this year because Beach has played a tough uh, out-of-conference schedule with the likes uh, of Brentwood and Henry County and teams like that. So I do think Beach will be prepared, uh, but, I, but I do think it's going to be a good football game. But um, that said, I am rolling with the Bucks to win this one 35-28 over Overton. Looking at my next game here in Sumner County, uh, we've got Gallatin on the road at Smyrna. This is a pretty, this is a sneaky good matchup and one that uh, maybe a lot of folks don't have, know this uh, caveat about, but Gallatin is going to be facing off against their former head coach in Mark Williams, who served as the Gallatin head coach from 2012 until 2018 when he stepped out. Uh, Mark Williams finished his career at Gallatin with a 40-37 and 37 overall record and is now an assistant under his brother, who is the head coach of Smyrna. Um, at 7-2, they are certainly very confident heading into this game, and I would say they're even the favorite in this football game. Um, but that said, Gallatin is, has won three of their final five. They have displayed a new offense, have decided to feature uh, our player of the week, who we mentioned earlier in this podcast, Jaheim Merriweather, more often out of the backfield. Uh, and that has yielded some good results for them. I think defensively, they're starting to find their groove a little bit and are uh, certainly going to enter uh, Friday night's game with a lot of confidence. That said, I just think, you know, if Gallatin plays their A game and Smyrna plays their B game, I'm still not sure it's enough for Gallatin to win. So I would say that Smyrna has to play their C game, maybe turn the football over, uh, have some untimely penalties if Gallatin wants to win. I don't think that happens. I think there's a lot of motivation on the Smyrna side. Uh, to get this win. So I'm picking the Bulldogs to win 35-21 to 21 over the Green Wave. Keeping with the tune of Sumner County because all eight county teams made the playoffs this year in Sumner County. Shout out to uh, you know Sumner County football for, for playing good gridiron action this year. Uh, Hendersonville is going to welcome in the four-seed McGavick Raiders as the Region 5-6A champs look to make their journey to Chattanooga. And I think if anyone in the county has, has the – the uh, ability to do so this year, it is the commander. Uh, I think it could be an early night for Hendersonville. And even if certain players don't play at key positions, uh, I still think Hendersonville is the better team. So I'm picking them to win 49-21 to over the Raiders. And one final pick before Brady jumps in here and I can stop talking and you can stop listening to me, is you've got Pope Prep hosting St. Benedict. Pope Prep, the number four seed out of Division Two. 3A and St. Benedict, the number five seed out of Division II Westside. Um, after winning six of their first eight, Pope Prep has lost two in a row, giving up more than 50 points per game in each contest while scoring less than 30. That is not ideal if you're Justin Geisinger or uh, a member of the Pope Prep football team, but here we are with a chance to, um, how do I say this nicely, get back on the right track. Uh, St. Benedict is winless so far this season, and I think their season comes to a close in Hendersonville as Pope Prep rolls 56-7. Going to be a blowout, huh? You, know, you, you always like to see those games if you're uh, on the winning side. You know, maybe keep keep it light that first week of the playoffs. Um, anyway, uh, I got three playoff games for you guys. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, not everyone can be Sumner County where uh, everyone's just so good they they get in. But <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and listen, all teams are good. I don't, I don't you know, I want to tread lightly here, but you know. If you win your region games, you get to get in the playoffs. You don't necessarily have to have a good record. I'll just say that. That's true. That's true. Um, one team that did win their region games, and they won a lot of them, was Montgomery Central. We've already talked to Jeff Tomlinson. Um, they're going to Jackson Southside. Um, Tomlinson compared them to Marshall County, a team that they beat. Um, 
but I think Jackson Southside, um, at least, you know, kind of looking them over, I think they're a bit worse than Marshall County. I think they're even comparable to teams that um, Montgomery Central beat, like uh, Greenbrier, uh, Northeast, and Lawrence County. Um, I think they kind of fall into that category. And uh, Montgomery Central, of course, beat all those teams. The early losses have come to Tullahoma and Pearl Cone, who we can probably expect will be playing deep into the postseason. Um, now, the Indians are scoring 24 points per game and allowing about 10 points per game. Uh, the Hawks from Jackson Southside are scoring 20 points per game and allowing 23. So, you know, obviously there's a bit of a schedule difference in there. You know, they may have played some tougher teams, um, but both teams are battle-tested. Um, but overall, I mean, I have a lot of confidence in my Central. They have a lot of confidence in themselves, and I guess that's just rubbing off on me. Um, I like yeah. my Central to win this game 24-11. Uh, to 11. Yeah, that's a good pick. I, th- I think you hit the nail on the head. They have a lot of confidence, and they should. I just I love that quote from Logan Sykes last week. I know I've beat the drum on that a ton. I just I just I don't know. It's awesome. It is awesome. You know, just just having that kind of confidence, man. It's 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 cool to see. For sure. Um, up next, uh, we got the Clarksville Wildcats going to the Cane Ridge Ravens. Cane Ridge ranked number twenty three in our latest Main Street Preps poll. Um, we talked to uh, Isaac Shelby earlier this season, and uh, he told us that they scheduled teams uh, like McGavick and Maplewood uh, because they wanted to preview uh, the quote-unquote Metro speed uh, because they knew they'd have to face a national team should they get make the playoffs. And uh, here they are. Um, and no pressure, but Kane Ridge had uh, played both McGavick and Maplewood, and um, they scored 120 points combined against those two teams. So uh, no pressure, Clarksville. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of points. Uh, and Cane Ridge, man, they can score the ball. Uh, they, they, their only losses have come to Pearl Cone, CPA, and Father Ryan. Um, you know, Clarksville's played good teams too with losses to Hendersonville, Beach, and Springfield. Um, so both of these teams have faced a lot of good teams. Um, but the difference is Cane Ridge, um, I mean, they're just, they're averaging 30, um, about 34 points per game, whereas Clarksville has only hit that mark four times this season. Um, you know, I, 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 I've seen Clarksville um, every year that I've been here. They've actually won their first round game. Um, I haven't seen them lose their first round playoff game yet um, since I've moved down here, which is you know very impressive. Isaac Shelby always gets the most out of his team at this point in the season. But Kane Ridge, I mean, this is this is a formidable foe. Um, I, I I would like to see Clarksville keep this game close. Um, if they do that, maybe they have a chance to win late. Um, but the, the defense is really going to have to play up. They're going to have to play really the best game of their season. Um, and I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to do that. Um, and I've got Kane Ridge winning 38-17. And then lastly, uh, we just heard from uh, Kenwood coach Les Greer. Uh, the Knights are going down to Memphis Central facing the Warriors and would finish the season 5-5, five and five, Memphis Central 8-2. Um, of course, we hear Les talk about um, every team, you know, at this point is 0-0, but, you know, it, it's 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 good to get a baseline for how these teams, he, he said, um, you know, Memphis Central's got some really good offense. They've scored 427 points this season. That is insane. In comparison, Kenwood, who has set their own scoring record, points in a game twice this season once in week one with 65 points one in week 10 with 81 points has scored 309 points all season so that just kind of puts into perspective just how good this memphis memphis central offense is um their running back is a uh yale coming believe it or not um division one football and a pretty smart guy apparently um (laughs) so uh 
And, and Kenwood's defense at times has been suspect. Uh, they allowed 49 points to Henry County and then allowed both Springfield and Shelbyville to put up 47. I, I don't know if either of those offenses are as good as Memphis. Um, so it's unfortunate. Um, this is a really tough draw for the first round of the playoffs for Kenwood. Um, I'd like to see them go down there, put up a good fight. Um, but overall, I think Memphis Central is going to get this win 49 you know, staying in that region, Brady, I've got Portland actually making the trip to Munford. Munford beat Memphis Central last week to earn the, earn the one seed in that region. Uh, you know, Portland is used to playing tough games. They're used to long road trips. Um, but I don't really know what happened last week on the road at, at Henry County losing 56 nothing. Uh, you know, I don't know if they put all of their stock into beating uh, Station Camp and ending their perfect season back on October 15th. Um, but, you know, they didn't finish well against Springfield, and then they go on the road and just get absolutely dismantled at Henry County. So, you know, I, don't, I don't really know what's going on with Portland, but, you know, this this road trip certainly isn't, isn't the best thing for them. I don't think it's the medicine to their sickness. Uh, I think they fall pretty easily at Mumford 49-7. to Yeah, that's a tough throw. Moving on to Station Camp, uh, you know, they're hosting Nolensville, and they're in the playoffs for the first time since 2014 and hosting a home playoff game for the first time since 2013. Um, and, and while Nolensville may not have a great record at 4-6, and six, uh, I do think they're riding a little bit of momentum uh, with two straight victories, whereas Station Camp is, is reeling a little bit. You know, they lost two in a row. They, they lost to Portland. They got blew out by Green Hill. And then you only win 12-6 at Hunter's Lane. You start scratching your head thinking, what's going on? So, um, you know, Nolensville... I think they're going to be a good football team, and I'm actually going to pick them to win this week, and not only win, but win pretty easily. I'm picking Nolan's, you know, 45 to 14 over Station Camp. Yeah, this is a game that was in our staff picks, which, you know, just a side note, I'm still leading in. Um, you know, no biggie, but uh, yeah, it's really head scratching. You know, just what Station, what has happened to Station Camp. You know, they were looking like one of the better teams in the mid-state at, at points this season. I mean, they were beating really good teams. They had some pretty hand, pretty handily wins. Um, they were winning games handily, I should say, against solid teams. And then, like you said, they get blown out against Green Hill, lose to a Portland team that they probably should have had, you know, a pretty relatively easy time with. And then Hunter's Lane beating them by just six points. I mean, that worries me a lot. I, I also picked uh, Nolensville to win that game. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really sure what's going on. So, I mean, listen, I've picked against them many times this year, and, and many times they, they proved me wrong. So, maybe that's a situation again, but something just, just feels off about Station Camp. You know, I'll say this. Regardless of what happens, they've had a great season, a great resurgence under Brent Alexander. I mean, to go from winless to, to eight wins in a season is, is nothing to overlook. But, you know, I, I just don't know what happened. I, I don't know if, you know, after they beat Mount Juliet – Everything was good. Everything was just good enough at that point, or, or what? But yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, so I think Nolensville does win pretty easily uh, to end Station Camp season. But nevertheless, a, a good year by the Bison. Uh, moving on to my final two picks, I've got White House versus Stratford. Um, since losing their opening game of the season to Station Camp, White House has won nine in a row, and uh, I mean they've got as good a shot to get to Chattanooga as anyone especially in Class 3A, and, you know, led by Mr. Football Hopeful, Brandon Blackburn. I, I think, you know, White House is poised to put up a lot of points Friday night, and, uh, you know, they win pretty easily over Stratford, 45-14 in my opinion. 
Uh, looking at our last game of the uh, of the week this week is Westmoreland on the road at Marion County. Um, you know, Westmoreland has had a tough draw this year, uh, being three and seven on the season, but three and two in, in league play, getting into the playoffs. Um, that said, Marion County uh, only one loss on the year, and that came in last week's twenty to nothing loss to Meigs County, who many believe is the class three or excuse me, the class two a favorite uh, to win it all. Um, that said, you know, a long road trip. Got to go. I passed through Marion County actually on the way to Chattanooga this past weekend to cover the soccer championships. I wasn't actually sure where Marion County was until I stumbled upon it. But it's going to be a long road trip for Westmoreland, and unfortunately, I think their season comes to a close as they lose thirty-five to twenty-one. All right, so there you have it. Our picks. Uh, we'll see uh, how many of those we're right and wrong about, and uh, you know, depending on how things go. We might not have many games next season to pick for you guys. So uh, hopefully all things go well. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week's uh, episode of Coach Speak, week one of the playoffs. Uh, hopefully we, uh, we have a bit more to talk about next week. You've been listening to Coach Speak with Brady and Zach, the latest in high school football from Montgomery and Sumner counties. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.